The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. Another edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247 on Twitter. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and the 247 Sports. Two guests today on Talk of Champions Bradley Salfer, his weekly football fix segment, as well as Dane Brugler of The Athletic, the only person whose opinions on the NFL draft I actually give a crap about and actually listen to. NFL draft analyst, expert for The Athletic. He's coming up on the Modern Woman phone line. If you haven't already, subscribe to Review Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. I do not care what you say, as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, SoundCloud. Wherever you get your podcast, just simply search Talk of Champions, and we're there. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, the car buying process can be overwhelming. Believe me, I've been there multiple times. You're just looking to get the best deal anyway, right? Well, if that's the case, and to avoid the headache, head on over to Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you and get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Make sure to tell them that Talk of Champions sent you. They're hardcore Ole Miss fans. They're fired up, too, after Ole Miss beat Louisville 43-24 convincingly in their season opener. So expect a whole lot of Ole Miss Rebel talk while you're buying your car. But more importantly, they want to make the process as seamless as possible, that you get into the car you want at a price point that you can afford. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. And stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. To find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep, Alan Samuels. Let's be friends. What's up, David? I'm good, Ben. Glad to be on the Talk of Champions today. Of course, man. You're the co-host now. How you feeling? I'm excited about that. that that's, that's just uh, awesome. I, I I love talking with you. Yeah, we've we've talked about this before. People don't understand how often we're on the phone discussing Ole Miss athletics. All so it's just been kind of a natural progression that uh, we share some of these conversations with you guys listening out there. Nice spin zone there, David. How you doing though? How's everything with the softball stuff? And you got Austin P coming up, but softball, there's some resolution Ooh. there. Some resolution. Um, you know, we've got a, a front page story up on the on the Ole Miss Spirit and exclusive with Keith Carter. He kind of takes us through the uh, post mortem of those investigations, offers a little bit of insight into things, and uh, clarifies some things. So, you know, if you've been following this at all, you, you'll definitely want to take a look at that on the front page of the Ole Miss Spirit. That's a nice tease. Is there one general takeaway for people who might not be all that interested? Just want to know. Okay, tell me what's happened. Yeah, you know. I think the the most uh, interesting thing regarding the investigation is the fact that every single complaint or allegation was made anonymously. Nobody put their name on anything. And I got Keith Carter to confirm that for me when Thursday morning and uh, not a shred, not a piece of evidence anyone would put their name on. 
all anonymous accusations. And I do believe that the administration at Ole Miss went about this as thoroughly as they possibly could have been. Um, but again, you know, if something is true and you're casting that stone at someone, don't you put your name on it? Why would you not put your name on such damning allegations? Because you already discredit yourself by not doing that. And uh, not one student athlete called in there provided the committee with uh, one shred of evidence of any of these unsavory accusations. So when you look at it from the administration standpoint, they did A, what they considered the right thing, but B, the only thing they could do. And that was to clear assistant coach Katie Reichovich-Browder and head coach Jamie Traxel of any of the allegations made against them. Because again, no one put their name on anything. This is like anonymous letters being mailed into the administration. I mean, to Ole Miss's credit, they could have threw that junk in the trash can, but they did not. They launched two separate investigations and found nothing, nothing that could be substantiated. And they started these investigations simply because they felt like it was the right thing to do. But again, I don't pretend to know anything. Nope. And, and I've told you that countless well, there are times. Fingerprints on this. There are fingerprints on these allegations, but there are no names. Yeah. There are suspected fingerprints, but no names. I mean, so I think, I think they did the only thing they could do. And that was uh, close this investigation and focus on the future moving ahead. I've said very little, so, but what I have said, I've been pretty hard on that program, and my whole deal is this. I know nothing. I don't pretend to. You cover softball. You know the ins and outs. You know the investigations. You're talking to Keith about this, all that kind of stuff. I don't. I can only speak from somebody who has no real knowledge outside of, oh, yeah, that's a non-revenue-generating sport, and when you're one of those sports, you're supposed to win enough and not make ripples. So I was really hard on it, but if you have faith and trust in the process and in the leadership, then you accept the results for what they are. Even if your initial reaction was like mine, why are we having to answer for this when this is a sport that's just supposed to win? Because if you're not generating, and I'm not trying to be harsh, but if you're not generating money for your college, if you're not generating money for your school, then you cannot be one that causes headaches over and over. And it brings back the nightmares of women's basketball leading into the six-year colonoscopy from the NCAA into football. So that's where my entire perspective comes from. Is just remembering yeah, that. And there's no leaking of this investigation into any other program that I'm aware of. See, and that's all uh, I ever thought about or cared about. Yeah, self-contained. As a matter of fact, they couldn't even find any level two, level three violations uh, within both of these investigations. So, uh, you know, there are no ramifications for the program whatsoever. And, you know, it's sad. It's sad that something like this is so sensational that it's going to be picked up and carried across the world, and it was. But that's the environment um, we live in now. That's just what it is. It's unfortunate, and you know. But it's I, the reality. I mean, everybody I know knows this. We all got we all got a short attention spans at this point. So it's what happened. Oh, okay. Quickly tell me. That's how. Oh, that's bad. I'm not discounting anyone's reporting, but I mean to go forward with something with those type of accusations. You have to have somebody on the record, and um, that's true. That's just responsible, you know. Some, you know, that's just. But it's it's the world we live in. Uh, everybody used to to be a credentialed member of the media was a difficult thing. Okay, I mean, not anymore. You know, not anymore. You had to work for a reputable publication or company. Now, you know, I mean, how many guys out there or, or, or gals or whatever 
you know, have, have started their own thing. And they, they really have no background, no experience to be able to cover this kind of stuff. It's just it's just the day we day and age we live in. I talked to Keith a little bit about that on Thursday morning, and and he certainly understands that. You know, it's good that everybody has a voice nowadays, but it's not always good. You know, and again, I'm not discounting anybody's reporting at all, none at all. But um, you know, in this situation, nobody signed the check. Okay. Nobody uh, put their names on these allegations. So, you know, there was a lot of uh, throwing a rock and hiding your hand going on here. And uh, again, I think Ole Miss did the best job they can, they could with this, and that they should be applauded, the administration, namely Keith Carter, for going, you know what? We don't know who's saying this or who's telling us this, but we're going to try to find out the truth. And they did, you know, and it's for Jamie Traxel and Katie Rykovich Browder who were smeared all over the place in this, you know, you, you kind of got to feel sorry that they had to go through this when no evidence could be obtained to substantiate anything according to the old Miss investigations. So, just not good for anybody. Tough situation. But it's over. And um, yeah, it's over. There it's you go. time to move on. That's and, the number uh, one thing. That's the one thing I know, wanted to say. It's over and trust process. If you're like me and you respond in the same way that I did, even though I try to stay quiet, but I'm obnoxious, I'm loud, and sometimes I can say things when I don't need to, you either trust the process and you trust the leadership or you don't. I choose to because they've given no reason not to and they've done nothing but a bang-up job so far. So I trust the process and I trust well, the results. Anybody out there thinking, oh, Ole Miss just swept this under the rug and Ole nah, Miss uh, no, no, helped no. cover this up? No, no. No. And let me tell you why. I'll go back to what I just said. They didn't even have to open investigations, okay? They didn't have to look into this stuff because what they got, as Keith explained to me, packets of letters in the mail. The one delivery in late May where they looked at it and went, oh, this just uh, this just doesn't hold water. And then another packet of unsigned documents in late July that had some Title IX allegations in there. And they said, you know what? We're going to turn this over to our Title IX comp- department and let them deal with this. And we're going to go back and look at what we got in May. And we're going to open an internal investigation into those things. They didn't have to do that. They did not have to do that. So that's all the proof I need that this was, in fact, a thorough and trustworthy investigation that went forward. Good enough for me. Good enough for me. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's yeah, over. Let's, let's My whole deal is this. This is the last thing I'll say about it. Hey, softball, chill out. All right, you and I have talked about this off the record, but just the David Johnson initial thoughts after seeing Ole Miss for the first time in 2021? Well, the first thing that pops out to me, and we're talking Dottario Drummond, is where he lined up on the field. Hell yeah. You know, we we, we, we discussed profusely in the offseason. Was it, you know, was it going to be John Rice Plumley in the slot? Was it going to be Ja'Core Pearson in the slot? And Ja'Core was, was a little bit. Was it going to be Jerry Ealy or Henry Parrish? Well, and John Rice was too. Right. But. My point being, the guy at the bottom of that list was Ontario Drummond as far as the slot receiver went. And I said, and I really believed this, that it would take three or four games into the season before we really and truly knew who was going to get most of the targets from the slot position. I think we found out night one. Oh, yeah. Ontario Drummond, a big body mismatch as a slot receiver. And, um, nine and so catches, much faster, 177 yards. So much faster than oh. people give him credit for. Well, and, and, and that brings us to another thing that's a little uncomfortable to discuss. But when you're talking about sheer athleticism, it does not necessarily translate from one position to another. And of course, I'm talking about John Rice Plummer, whereas 
John Rice is an elite running quarterback, period. One of the best. This offense doesn't call for that all the time. It calls for a big arm. And you have that in Matt Corral. That's, everybody knows that. But translating that athleticism and that improvisation that Plumley has to being that kind of dynamic at the slot position might not happen. So, you know, you're left to wonder, you know, what role will John Rice have in this offense this year? I don't think we have the answer to that yet. But Monday night, he got two touches for a pedestrian 16 yards or so. So what's going to happen with John Rice? I don't necessarily think he's an edge receiver. And again, there are a whole bunch of receivers in the wide receivers room at Ole Miss that are better equipped at that job than just John Rice's athleticism. So, you know, that's one of the questions I think we still have. You know, when you want to ask about my impression of the Ole Miss offense Monday night. I mean, agree or disagree with that? I, I just don't think it really matters, to be honest with you. The only things I'm really concerned about after that game, depth on the offensive line and depth on the defensive line. That's it. Outside of that, like I couldn't have been more impressed from what I saw. And I've said this before. When you actually start watching games, because you kind of get in a malaise throughout fall camp, but you got to see them. And once you see them, then something happens or a player emerges in a certain way. And you go, of course, of course that player did that, became that. And all the proof was there for Dontario Drummond. At some point, defenses are going to pay more attention to Dontario, and then Braylon Sanders is going to have a breakout game, or Jonathan Mingo is going to have a breakout game. number of different guys. But with Dontario in the first game, it made all the sense in the world. Because when you look at the proof, when Elijah and Kenny Yeboah both opted out the final two games, the main beneficiary of those vacated targets was Dontario Drummond. So, of course... Don Terrio Drummond would be the one that was fed and fed often in that first game. So for John Rice, I was okay with the usage. And looking ahead to next year, I can see more of a role for John Rice next year than necessarily this year. He's going to be mixed in and he's going to have a role, but I'm looking at Jerry on Ely in the slot, catching an 18 yard pass on second and 16 and thinking, okay, that's what John Rice could do next year. I'm not thinking so much as they're relying on him as much this year. You say that about John Rice, but, you know, let's be honest with ourselves here. The offseason narrative was not John Rice is going to rotate in True. as a slot receiver, get two touches a game. True. Uh, that was not the offseason narrative. Yeah, that wasn't coming from us. At that was all. coming from the coaches and, and the uh, players. Yeah, some of it was coming from us. I'm guilty of that a little bit. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll admit that. But um, but anyway. We say a lot of stuff, David. I don't remember guys, most of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. The three, uh, it's like when I talk to my kids, they <laughs> tell me all the time, well, Dad, you said this, you said that. I'm like, I don't remember saying yeah, that. Remember. And then they gang up on me, all three of them. Yeah, you did say it. So uh, anyway, you know, my big three guys that, that really shined in that game that we had question marks about, Dontario Drummond, Chance Campbell is the real deal as a linebacker. Yes. And then my guy, Quentin Bivens, everybody's guilty of not talking about enough, including the Ole Miss coaching staff. And Bivens shows up and looks like, you know, Jarrell Poe and Benito Jones had a baby. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he just dominated and wreaked havoc. Look, yeah. you can look at the stats, but they don't show you everything about an interior defensive lineman. That's right. He only had three tackles. But so what? The dude was flowing Louisville ball carriers into the waiting arms of linebackers all night long because mm -hmm. he was blowing their center up. He was blowing their guards up. He was wreaking havoc, penetrating. I am so proud of Quentin Bivens. Man, what a, a diamond. That's right. What a jewel to have on this ball club when, you know, let's talk about this too. Maybe the JUCO transfers are not yet what we all hope they will become. Which is what happens and with JUCO. Quentin Bivens busting through the preseason, offseason headlines and going, you know what? Nobody's talking about me, but I'm going to be the man up front in the interior of this Ole Miss defensive line. And you're right. That's exactly 
what happens with most UCOs. Rarely are they out of the package ready like what you hope they are. It takes a period of adjustment. It takes four or five games. And I know there's been a lot of uh, board talk this week about Jamon Gordon looking like he wasn't very happy on the sidelines Monday night. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but, uh, you know, I do know Jamon, and I've known him since he was probably in 10th grade down at Meridian High School. And um, I know he's a competitor, and any competitor is not going to want to not be played. So, uh, you know, he'll adjust his sights, and he'll uh, he'll make a contribution this year. He'll, he'll do what he needs to do at practice to uh, get himself out there in that mix because, as you pointed out, depth on the defensive line that is a concern because as that game wore on Monday night and you kept looking and looking and it was still Quentin Bivens at the zero tech he was losing a little steam they all were and uh, so depth on the defensive line going to be important to continue to develop that but Quentin Bivens a good start I don't mean to be dismissive at all but if Jamon Gordon's unhappy only one person can solve that Jamon Gordon. That's Jamon. Yeah. And I don't even understand why yeah, Ole Miss fans care right. about how a kid looks on the sideline. If he's unhappy, I want him to be unhappy. He should be unhappy. He should want to play. But I would also say it took Wayne Dorsey a year. He's a good friend of mine. It took Wayne a year before he became a good defensive end. I'm not saying it's going to take Jamon Gordon a year, but if you're unhappy, good. Good. Because they need you. Yeah. They need you. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, unless we forget, lest we forget Caden Costa. Oh, yeah. Why did Kel Nation kick uh, first? You know, I don't know. I I gave Lean an opportunity to answer that question during Wednesday's press conference. And he basically skipped right over that and just started talking really good about Caden Costa. Okay. So I am not (laughs) sure exactly exactly why that was. I was surprised and shocked. Uh, I had talked all during fall camp about the leg Caden Costa had. I would leave the outdoor practice field and go inside the Manning Center where the kickers were working and watch Costa just show off that big, accurate leg. So I knew what he had. And uh, I was equally shocked when I looked out there and it was Kel Nation kicking the uh, first PAT <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and I got to say this for Kel, it was a high snap, uh, but he missed it. And that was the end of uh, him kicking this year. Most likely. Um, and uh, I'm sorry. You know, I don't mean to laugh. It's was, just, come on. Man. No, no, no. Well, I mean, come on, come on. Yeah. I mean, Costa is the sec co-truth co-freshman of the week or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, you know, he's your, he's your kicker. All right. So, I'm running a live thread in the game, and Nation misses the PAT. There's this one guy starts jumping me right then and there. Oh, you knew that was coming. Yeah, what about Costa? Blah, blah, blah. All we've heard about is Costa. Here we go again. And so I, for one, was the most relieved person when uh, Caden went out there and nailed that 47-yarder and then kicked the rest of the PATs and two other field goals. Um so that uh, I could kind of throw it back up in this guy's uh, face a little bit because it's always our fault with some of these people. Always. That's it's always okay. our reporting that led them astray. It's part of it, man. So, yeah, it is part of it. So, anyway, but I felt vindicated. I was I was really – Caden Costa vindicated me. Thank you, Caden. There you go. Send him a thank you card, a Christmas card. We can actually just send him some cash nowadays, right? That's right. That's right. So we're just NIL – Ben Brown's he's doing his segment every single week with us. Sure, just send him some money, man, because oh. he made you look good. Oh, yeah. That 47-yarder, that was not an easy kick, and he made it look really easy. And you know how relieving it is? Field goals are so back for Ole Miss. You know how relieving it is and how cool it is to see a kicker step into a 47-yarder, and it doesn't sneak in. It doesn't wind its way no. in. It was piped no. right down the middle. Yeah, it would have been good from 60. 100%. I mean, it's probably 60-plus. Um this kid's got confidence. He's got a big leg. He's accurate. And, uh, you know, for the first time in a long time, Ole Miss fans aren't throwing bricks at the TV when the kicker job's on the field. Or just saying, go um, for it, go for it, go for it. Yeah. 
you know, after week one action, though, there's a couple things come to mind. And I, I don't want to put the the cart before the horse, so to speak. I know there's a ball game with Austin P Saturday night. You know, I, I haven't figured out if I'm going to go 60 to nothing or 70 to nothing or 60 to 14, 70 to 14 on my score prediction. I went 54, 14. But oh, don't tell me. I never read y'all's before I write. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. So, yeah. Don't tell me that. But, uh, you know, you know, the game that intrigues me a little bit is the two lane game now. And honestly, I really wasn't putting a red mark by that one in the preseason. But after Tulane went to Norman and almost beat the Sooners, that's an interesting ball game now. Not going to say that it's in jeopardy. I think you and I said this this morning talking. I think Ole Miss is better than Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think it's an interesting game. It's it's more interesting than what I had first thought it would be. I'm not a hot take guy, but I said it to you, and I mean it. After the first week, if we're doing overreactions, I think Ole Miss is the second best team in the SEC West, and they're better than Oklahoma. Yeah. So, yes, Tulane looks intriguing on paper, but from all the games I watched, and I, I used to not do this, but I did it this week. I watched all kinds of games on Saturday, and I don't pretend to be an expert. I just watch a lot of football. I played a little football, but I'm no expert. I'm, I'm just like you on the couch watching at home. And um, I'm watching these teams. Matt Corral is the best quarterback in the country, and that's where it all starts. I expect Ole Miss to beat Tulane, and yeah, it might be competitive, but they're going to be better than them. And if you fall behind, like Kirk Herbstreit said, if you fall behind Ole Miss, you're not catching up. I expect Ole Miss to win that game. And that sounds like a hot take. Ole Miss second in the West and better than Oklahoma. But if you take away the namesake of Oklahoma and you just talk about the teams and watch them and let the eye test do the diagnosing for you, you come to the same conclusion. Look, Oklahoma and Texas are about to be in the SEC. They are going to have the same period of transition with with great struggle that Arkansas and South Carolina did when they first came into the SEC. Hell, A&M. And, uh, you know, they're still struggling. Yeah, even A&M. Exactly. So, um, you know, in Missouri, uh, even though Missouri was in a depleted East and snuck away a couple of uh, Eastern Division titles, but um, it's not going to be easy for Oklahoma or Texas. They know that. But the paychecks are too big in the SEC to not come on and do this. Yeah, and the Big 12, let's face it, the Big 12 is ridiculous. It's, uh, you know, losing Oklahoma and Texas, they're, they're right joke. there with the Pac-12 now, yeah. maybe even below the Pac-12. Um, and uh, I don't know that they're going to survive. I mean, you look at the AAC schools that they look like they're about to go after. Then the AAC is going to rate Conference USA, which uh, – by the way, I'm a little surprised Memphis was not in the Big 12's expansion plans. Uh, you know, it's a great TV market and everything. But I think part of that is the Big 12 understands that Memphis is not a Memphis Tigers market when it comes to television. Memphis belongs to the SEC. And adding Memphis to the Big 12, I mean, outside of a really good basketball program and a good football program, there, there's no real financial advantage to that. I don't, I don't believe it is. I know a lot of Tiger fans are sore about that, but uh, you know, the big 12 is not going to come in and make Memphis a big 12 television market. Again, it, I'm not a take guy. I'm not a take guy, but here's my other take since I'm giving them today. I understand the you market share. I am yeah. today. I understand the market share and the television contracts, but Memphis is a better fit and should be in the sec over Missouri. Oh, I agree. I agree. If there were one school in the SEC that you could drop and replace with somebody else, it would be Missouri. Not only do they really not fit in geographically. I mean, they're close to Arkansas, but that's it. Um, they don't fit in culturally. Like, Texas A&M fits the SEC culturally. Memphis basketball uh, oh, would help the brand. Missouri doesn't help the brand in football or basketball or baseball. No one cares about baseball outside of the SEC. Yeah. Yeah, you've, you've got a great point. I mean, it's it's very true. And, you know, any place you go and you can't order sweet tea, it has to be blueberry or raspberry. Or peach. Ah, doesn't belong in the SEC. Peach. Peach. 
peach, blueberry, raspberry. I know, man. It's uh, yeah, no. they're weird about their tea out there. Don't work like that. Missouri right. ought to go back to the Big Twelve. They should. They would actually have a chance to win that league. I know nothing about Austin P. Nothing, and you've already written about him. What's the short of Austin P. The Cliff Notes version of what Austin P. is? Uh, they're an FCS playoff team. Um, they knocked off Chattanooga last week, who is a nationally ranked FCS team. Um, they've got a quarterback named Dalen Ellis, who is from Olive Branch, Mississippi. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, Dalen is a, a really a, a, a maybe the best quarterback in all of FCS. Um, he's got a strong arm. He's got legs. He threw for I think about three twenty-five. Last week in a 30-20 win over Chattanooga, they're going to be equivalent to a Jacksonville State, which oh don't man, say I that now brought that up. Come but, on, um, man, no but, better. But this, this old Miss team is not equivalent to that old Miss team way back so many years ago. So um, what was that? 2011, I think. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, you know, a good FCS program, very solid. You know, my, my good buddy, Mark Hutchfifth, laid laid some solid groundwork up there before he left the program. Oh, you and Mark Hutchfifth are close. And, uh, Our buddies, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. I covered Mark when Mark was playing at Delta State and then huh. covered him again when he came back to be the offensive coordinator at Delta State and they won a national championship. Real tight with Hud, man. Real tight. I always have been. He is down in Mobile right now coaching high school ball and uh, having a good time. From the next but, uh, head coach at Mississippi State. Yeah, he was about to become, you know, the next head coach at Mississippi State. It's true. Um, I wish him nothing but the best. But anyway, Scotty Walden is now the head coach up there. He is the youngest head coach in all of uh, Division One football. That's FBS and FCS. I think Scotty's 31, maybe 32 years old. And, um, you know, he's picked up where HUD left off of this program. I think, uh, so, so, you know, what are you going to get? You're going to get a solid FCS program, but they do not have the horses to stay on the field with Ole Miss. That's not going to happen. Um, and I mean, you know, and that kind of maybe throws a wet towel over the home opener because, you know, let's be honest, we're going to that game to watch Matt Corral throw touchdown passes. That's what we're going for. We're not going to, you know, pull the Rebels on to a last-minute victory. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly by halftime. And um, we'll continue to get uglier in the second half. Now, for those of us that really follow the program closer, it's a little exciting because we're going to get to see some guys play in the second half that, uh, you know, we all want to see a play. You know, a Luke Altmaier, a Ken K. Dent, guys like that. You know, so I, that that's where my excitement comes from, from Saturday. The Grove is back. The Walk of Champions is back. Fans are back. The game day experience, back. So show up. Be there. It's a celebration of the return of football at Ole Miss, really. Yeah, we got a full season last year, but this is the actual experience that you grew up in and going with your family and spending time with friends on Saturdays in Oxford and doing all that stuff. Go and have a good time and know that you're going into a win. So that's the whole deal with me. He's David Johnson. Thanks, buddy. Howdy, toddy. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He's David Johnson at Rebels247 on Twitter. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk with champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Wherever you get them, Talk of Champions. Just search it. You'll find us. We'll be there. David and I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com. An affiliate of 247 Sports. Got Bradley Sal coming up for his weekly football fix segment brought to you by my bookie and Dane Brugler. He's coming up on the Modern Woman phone line to talk about potential QB1 for the 2022 NFL Draft. Matt Corral, his impressive season opening debut against Louisville. Before we jump to it, let's hear from Cheney's Pharmacy and BNA Bank, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. Let's play some football! Run right through the back of him. Run right through the middle and out the back. It's time now for... Football Fix. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. It's time now for another rousing edition of one Bradley Sal's Football Fix. And today's Football Fix is brought to you by MyBookie. Do you like making easy money? Thanks to my bookie and their lock of the season. If either team scores in the NFL season opener, you win. If you didn't know, a game hasn't ended 0-0 zero zero since World War II, so this is a sure bet. Head to mybookie.ag, select the lock of the season, and if any team scores between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you win. The best bet you can make is one you can't lose, and MyBookie is also playing host to several exclusive contests, including their $100,000 Super Contest, and it only costs $10 to enter. There's big money on the line this season, so don't wait to get in the game. Join now. Head to mybookie.ag today and use my promo code TOC for Talk of Champions. TOC and instantly receive double your first deposit. That's double your funds to double your winnings. Again, that's promo code TOC for Talk of Champions. TOC to receive double your first deposit and get started with my bookie today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Brad, what's going on, man? What's up, Ben? How are you? Good man, just just um, working along, just on your your average. What is it, Thursday? On your average Thursday, just in the office getting getting some work in. You fired up for Austin P. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see the team get back out there. Um, I think there's still some some little things they can work on, and um, you know, it's always good to have an opponent like that to to keep um, you know get some get some, maybe get some guys in there that are um, that are younger that need some reps, get some game action, and then um, 
you know, you, you fully expect us to come out there and, um, and absolutely um, get after this team. What little things, what are we talking about? Um, I mean, you know, just, yeah, I think in the run game, if you, if you go back and watch the film, there were some, um, there were, there were some bad fits at times, um, not getting off to the backer, um, little stuff like that. Um, I mean, probably, I, I think that, you know, I, you look at the tackling, you know, there were some BS target targeting calls, but, you know, I think there's a time and place to, to go in there and, and, you know, get, get after a guy. I think they can be a little smarter in that sense. Um, then you look at the, um, you know, yeah, I, I just think the, the running backs in, in general can, can hit it a little better as well. So there's a lot of little things always to clean up after the first game. Um, it's hard to say Matt Crowell has anything to clean up, but uh, maybe just his sliding, which if, if that's all the issues he has, then um, they weren't in a good, good place. But they, they, these games are always great to, to get multiple guys in the game and um, you know try, try to get out there and get up some reps. Nothing but overwhelmingly positive after the opener against Louisville. Are there areas of concern? Are there areas of worry? Um, I, I think it's hard if, if we have them, we don't know them yet. I think it's hard to um, see for me, it's depth on the offensive line. Yeah, I see it. But, but I, I mean, you, you don't worry about, you can't worry about injuries. You can't worry about injuries until they actually happen in my opinion. So, um, I, I still think there's a couple guys behind them that will be fine. Um, you know, Bram, whenever Ben Brown went down, you didn't really, I mean, it wasn't like it was a glaring weakness in there. So that there are guys that can step in. Now, now, anytime you have two or three O-linemen hurt, um, I mean, there's no really, there's really no such thing as three quality depth pieces behind, you know, good O linemen. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not too concerned until until we get three or four injuries, which which you hope doesn't happen. It's human nature to think that Austin P is a team that you're supposed to beat and beat really badly. But how do you go about it and treat it in a way that you still get the work done that you need to and come out with a result that you're satisfied with? Well, I think the coaches. I think you just you just basically you know go with it with the mindset you basically set the mindset for the week and just tell them hey like you know I, I would honestly me personally i would make this week a little harder i'd make it like a camp week um you know i'd, I'd really get out there and get after me and, and assume and that i'd get into base football uh, we'd be running our be- bread and butter plays we'd really be you know a lot more reps just just kind of using this week as an extra week of camp now we don't want to get anybody hurt but at the end of the day it, there's a good chance your starters aren't going to play this whole game anyways so you go out there and you um you you do the things you think you're going to be really good at this year, and you go out there and do them you do them even harder this week, and you 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 treat it like a like a good scrimmage is what it is, and you know we're a good football team, so we should beat this team, and then you should if if I'm a younger guy knowing I'm going to get some reps potentially in this game, I'm preparing you know extra hard, learning the plays, and I'm going out there and, and trying to get it done. Now, the last thing you want is somebody to come in this uh, us to go mosey in this game and. Um, you know, it'd be a close game, and, and it's just it just shouldn't be that way. So, and I don't think they will be. This this team is very good, and and that they'll handle it the right way. Jamon Gordon, he was pissed off on the sidelines, not playing a lot in that season opener. So for him, he's a good guy, a good example of what you're talking about in regards to okay, prepare, knowing you're going to play because this is your time to put something on film. Now's the time. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I, I think that there was guys that that potentially didn't play versus Louisville that could eventually come on and start getting to play. A little bit um but you know you just don't know man i mean you're right you got to get in there and if those guys get a chance you got to go out there and and show you can provide some value to the team and um and, and i think they will um i think there will be a couple of guys getting there that'll, that'll do some cool stuff and it would, it would be cool to see altmeyer a little bit as well i think um you know it, it was kind of surprising that he came in um he came in first i know people were shocked by that um yeah i, I would have thought that dent would come out first but you're right i mean he he, he appears to potentially be the backup See, if you go into a game like this expecting to see or build upon the excitement that you got from the opener, where Ole Miss dominated a competent team in Louisville, that's not what this game is about. But if you go into this game looking to experience the Grove again, looking to experience the Walk of Champions again, the game day environment that you grew up in, but also watch a win and also treat it like I get to see what Ole Miss will look like years down the line. Luke Altmaier, I want to see him. Nothing can replicate live game action regardless of opponent yeah absolutely man i mean it's it's always good to have um have have live game action you know you get you get out there and at the end of the day it's a bunch of kids your age as well so you know they don't have the depth that that sec has and don't don't have quite some of the elite athletes but um but they're certainly capable of of giving you a good look and and getting after you if you go out there and take them um take them lightly so um yeah it's it's, it's definitely definitely good to get out there and get um get some live action especially for those who are who are looking to, to to get a little better and show they can do something well outside of obviously winning the game what needs to get done in a game like austin p 
Well, I just, I think you go out there and if you're, if you're a good player and you're a, um, you know, player in general, I think you go out there and you're just, you're just trying to keep, keep your technique up. You're trying to, um, you know, just hold on on little things that maybe you struggle with versus Louisville to try to get some confidence up, man. Um, I just, I just think you go out there and it's a base type game, go out there and, and play hard and, and work, work technique wise. And, um, you know, just little stuff like that, that I feel like, um, you know, you're going to have to be, you know, be ready to go when it comes to SEC play. So, um, there's nothing better than, than having a game to be able to go out and do that. Do you expect it to look any different with Lane Kiffin on the sideline? Um, I do not, man. And I've been saying this all along. I don't think people realize how special Jeff Lebby is. Um, you know, anytime your, your head coach is, you know, last minute, not able to go to the game and you go up and, um, you can't, I mean, the, the stats were still there, you know, and he called the game. So, um, I, I'm telling you, we have two head coaches on the staff. I've been saying it the whole time. And, you know, I, I really don't think we missed a beat this past game. Now we're very fortunate to have Lane and Levy together, but, at the end of the day, it's nice knowing that if something were to happen to either one, they both are, are very capable of, of putting up the numbers. But I think that, um, you know, if you, if you look at, you know, buy or sell when it comes to stocks, um, you know, Jeff Levy's stock just, just blew through the roof this past game. Buy or sell, Snoop, Connor, RB1? Um, probably probably going to sell it because for whatever reason, we don't um, – that, that doesn't seem to be a thing we want to do. But um, if you look at – you know, the actual film, he is, um, he's pretty, he's pretty good in the scheme. So, um, I, I don't anticipate them doing it, but it's a, um, you know, it's one of those things where it is nice to have a guy like that. Cause whenever he comes in there, it's certainly a spark. Buy or sell Dontario Drummond, 1100 receiving yards by the end of the year. Apps. I, I think he, he for sure. I think he for sure gets, I, I think he's either him or Sanders. One of the two are going, going well over that. Um, you know, if, if you look at, <laughs> If you look at his stats, man, it, it's the way that slot receiver in this offense is just so. Um, man, they really scheme for for the slot, and um, you know they really. Lane has a special knack for knowing how to expose defenses with the slot, and it honestly wouldn't shock me to see Drummond put up you know record type numbers. Buy or sell? Chance Campbell leading this team in tackles. Um. Well, I'm gonna sell it, and and I don't. The reason being is the type of defense we run. It's hard for him to get a ton of tackles. Now he will get a lot of tackles, but you know, anytime you're playing that three down and and, you, and the guards have free range, free range to you, you know, a lot of times you're just filling gaps. And you know, he's going to get his tackles. Don't get me wrong; he's going to make a lot of plays. But man, that's a hell of a job being the being the nose and being an actual linebacker in this off in this defense is is pretty tough. But where where he will lead the team is probably, you know, I don't know if there's even a stat, but the disruptive plays and 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 force turnovers or whatever he'll be um you know he'll be pretty high up there when any anytime there's a turnover I'm, chance campbell's gonna be pretty close to it and somebody listening right now is gonna go what the hell of course he's gonna lead old miss in tackling well he didn't against louisville four players yeah. tied for the team lead and as active as he was he was tied for second i mean dude think about it. you're in the middle of a defense you only have three linemen in front of you what about when they line up with seven guys when they're in you know two tight ends or a tight end the fullback i mean you're you're just filling gaps. You can free up the the safeties and the overhangs to come in to make the tackle. So yeah, he's 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 gonna have a lot of tackles. But if he leads in tackles, he he earned those damn things. Dexter McCluster is the only player in SEC history with a season of 1,000 yards rushing and 500 yards receiving. Can Jerion Ely become the second player? Yeah, I mean it's gonna be close. I think he has quite a few yards receiving. Um, what's gonna help is actually playing a full full season this year. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's certainly going to be close. I think, man, he's, he's definitely gonna get his rushing yards. Um, I fully expect him to get going, you know, pretty, pretty well. And I mean, he did, yeah, he's, he's received quite a bit. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be close. I mean, he's going to be right. If not at 500, somewhere around that three, three fifty range, somewhere in there, just because one thing we didn't do this last game is we ran zero screens and, and our screen game is actually pretty good with lane and Jeff. They, they have a really good screen scheme. And I didn't see us run hardly any screen plays, and that that last year versus Alabama, some of the other other teams were was um, was really effective. But I think when you when you face drop eight, you know, um, screens are screens really aren't aren't as effective as a, as a team that's going to come load the box and actually come after you. Well, this is an easy one. Buy or sell. Matt Corral last year led the country in total offense per game, and in week one, he led the country in total offense for his output against Louisville. Buy or sell. Matt Corral leading the nation in total offense per game again for the second year in a row? I'm going to buy it, and this is the reason. So last year we played nine SEC games, 
and um, one game versus a Big Ten opponent. Um, you know, he put up pretty crazy stats last year in, in all those games. And he didn't even have the four non-conference games where he's going to easily line up and, and maybe throw for four or 500 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. So his stats are, were great last year, and I think they're going to be really inflated this year as well um, just, just for the sheer fact that he's going to have four extra games versus um, teams that, that, are, that are you know not going to be able to handle him. And um, he's, yeah, I think he leads the nation in stats. He's going to have – his stats will be very gaudy at the end of the year. Buy or sell. Matt Corral, after one week, Heisman front runner. Uh, it sure appears that way. I mean, if you look at every single, I mean, he was left off so many lists and articles when it come to quarterbacks um, after after one week. I mean, it looks like every analyst has changed their tune. I mean, it's hilarious. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that he is he's going to put up the stats, man. He's just he, he's really good in this offense. He's he's a good player. Um, you look at some of the throws he was making, it wasn't like he's just some, you know, dink and dunker that, I mean, this dude's putting the balls in and some really good spots, um, taking care of it. So, I mean, I, man, if, if he leads Ole Miss to, to a really good team, if you get in that, you know, nine, 10, 11 win range and puts up the stats he's going to put up, man, how cool would it be to have our first Heisman Trophy winner? He, he will, he will be very close. Here's a fun one for you. Don Terrio Drummond, top eight finisher for the Blitnikoff. It's very, it's very possible. It really is with, with the way. With I'm the way telling that, you to buy or sell it. I'm going to sell it for now, just because uh, I want to see. Man. I want to see what um, Braylon Sanders does on. You know, I want to see if he's going to get more involved. If we go a little more downtown, but certainly if teams are going to line up and play drop eight, um, the slot is going to absolutely eat, which the slot eats in this offense anyways. Um, I mean, that was a, a Elijah, Elijah Moore type production week one. So it's like, man, that's. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say it's plug and play, but, man, this scheme is special. He's Bradley Sal. This has been another football fix. Thanks, bud. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. That voice you heard was Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. You can hear more from Brad this weekend after the Austin P game, the second game of the season for your Ole Miss Rebels, in the Blue Delta Jeans postgame show with me and Brad, where we break down everything that just happened, Brad's big thing, helmet stickers, who won the week, around the circle, film session, mailbag, everything is there in the Blue Delta Jeans postgame show, which is brought to you by who else? Blue Delta Jeans, the holy grail of blue jeans, the pair that fits you so perfectly, it's like they were made just for you. Because they were. Blue Delta Jeans is a Mississippi-based company whose one-size-fits-one jeans are handmade in the U.S. to fit you and only you. And both Brad and myself have multiple pairs of Blue Delta Jeans. So trust us when we tell you, your search for the perfect pair or pairs is over. Blue Delta Jeans caters uniquely to your size. They're comfortable on the first wear, but will be even better over time as the jean breaks in, and they're made just for you in Tupelo, Mississippi. Visit BlueDeltaJeans.com and use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. That's BlueDeltaJeans.com, promo code TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. Your search for the perfect pair of jeans is over. Blue Delta Jeans, the title sponsor of the Talk of Champions post-game show. Going now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to Dane Brugler, NFL Draft Analyst Expert for The Athletic, and he'll wrap us up. This is Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. Going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to Dane Brugler. For my money, the only person whose NFL draft opinions actually matter. He's the lead NFL analyst expert for The Athletic, at DP Brugler on Twitter. And he joins us by way of the Modern Woman phone line, brought to you by Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement? If you're ever going to actually be able to retire? We'll give my friend Thomas Chandler at Modern Woodman a call. Thomas specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And Modern Woodman offers anything you could possibly need, from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Don't put it off any longer. Contact Thomas and start taking control of your life, be it with retirement or investment planning. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. It's Dane Brugler of The Athletic. Dane, how you doing, man? I appreciate the kind words. How you doing, Ben? I'm good, man. Thanks for coming on and doing this. And a lot of excitement here in Oxford in regards to Ole Miss. Specifically, it's quarterback, potentially QB1 in next year's draft, and that's Matt Corral. Before we really get rolling here, your initial impressions after watching that game and watching Matt in what is obviously a really big year for him. 
Yeah, you know, this is a different year uh, when it comes to the draft, when we talk quarterbacks. Uh, you know, usually we have a pretty set idea of who the top quarterbacks are going to be. Last year, we knew Trevor Lawrence uh, was going to be the top guy. You know, that was pretty much set in stone. Uh, you know, the year before, we knew Tua and Justin Herbert, uh, although Joe Burrow was a surprise. Uh, you know, this year is different because we don't have that clear-cut quarterback one at the top. You know, Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma – uh, a, a lot of ability, but can he put it all together as a redshirt sophomore? Uh, then you've got Sam Howell, who fell flat in his debut this year against Virginia Tech. I mean, there's kind of a ceiling on what he's going to be at the next level, uh, but still a quality quarterback. Matt Corral's right there in that mix. Uh, to start the season, he was uh, you know, my quarterback three. He's in my top 20, in my top 50 uh, overall prospects. And so I like Matt a lot and had some high expectations going into the opener and he met and exceeded those uh, expectations with how he performed against Louisville uh, on Monday night, just played a, a really impressive game. Uh, you, know, you could tell they had the game plan down, uh, you know, that offense is, is clicking and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really interesting offense because, you know, shotgun spread, they use the entire field, uh, you know, it's, it's something where there's defined, uh, it's a defined passing attack. You know, you've got RPOs, you've got a lot of motions, you got quick throws. Uh, there are some predetermined throws uh, with, with what he's asked to do. So there, there are going to be some questions about his ability to read the defense post snap from the pocket at the next level. But I just love how quick he plays. Uh, he's like a shortstop or a point guard, uh, you know, in, in that respect. He processes things very quickly, moves his feet quickly, delivers quickly. Everything he does is quick, but it's also natural. It's not like he's just frantic out there. Uh, things aren't frenetic. He's under control, and then he's got a really good arm. He throws with zip. He throws with placement, uh, and he can throw from different platforms. So uh, just a really instinctive athlete who's got an above average arm. So a uh, big fan of, of Matt Corral and he, he looked really good in the opener. Yeah. One of the comparisons you hear often when regards to Matt Corral and how he could potentially climb in the draft is Zach Wilson. Now Zach Wilson ended up going number two overall to the jets, but is that a fair comp or is there somebody else that you like to more compare Matt to? Yeah, it, it makes sense. I think, you know, Zach, Zach was a little bigger, uh, just physically bigger. Um, and I think Zach has a little bit better arm, just a little stronger arm, put it that way. Um, but I do think there are a lot of, a lot of similarities there just with their instinctive athleticism, how they move out there and then just how natural they are, uh, with their zip, with their placement, throwing from the different platforms, moving the offense. Um, and it just, it looks unforced out there with just a natural flow to their games. And, you know, with Zach Wilson, he's the type of guy who he never played darts before, but he'd go into a bar and then just run the table. You know, he'd just be naturally accurate, naturally, uh, you know, come to him. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, Matt Corral is, is the same way. I mean, he has that that natural accuracy to him. He, he throws with twitch. Uh, he, his placement leads uh, receivers away from defenders. Uh, I love his reaction time. Uh, you know, the, he makes the read, the ball's up, and it's gone. I mean, in a fraction of a second. So, and then his athleticism, it's an integral part of his game. I think he's a little bit, probably a little bit better athlete than uh, Zach Wilson. He uses his athleticism a little bit more. Um, and it's a big part of what he does. It's a big part of his game. So I do think that the comparisons, you know, you can draw similarities there. And we saw Zach Wilson go number two overall. I think Zach Wilson uh, is going to be a very good pro. And I think teams are going to look at Matt Corral and they're going to say to themselves, Hey, this is a guy that can score points that can help us move the offense. And, you know, that's going to be appealing to next level evaluators. Going into the year, once he decided to come back, knowing the strengths were his deep ball accuracy, his ability to push the ball down the field. Weakness is obviously that gunslinger mentality. And that's kind of cliche, but speaking specifically of drop eights and he's still forcing things that aren't there, maybe throwing into coverages and stuff. Did you see growth in that opener that shows you, okay, maybe Matt is taking a step in the areas in which I needed him to take a step to be that quarterback that ascends to maybe the top of the list. Yeah, I, I think so. We saw that a little bit in the opener, but we still saw, you know, he's still forcing some throws. You know, you could tell that his mind is made up pre-snap what he's doing. And Louisville got their hands on a few of those balls, uh, you know, a few tipped balls that could have turned into interceptions. So, you know, especially, you know, you mentioned drop eight situations. That's really the ideal time to look at these quarterbacks and their decision-making and their throws. Uh, you know, small windows do not 
uh, are, are not intimidating to Macarau. And that's both something that you love about him, but also something that you kind of, kind of worries you a little bit. So uh, you want to see him maybe not force as many throws, but again, you don't want to take that aggressive mentality out of his game, out of his mind. Um, I, I think he's really tough as a runner uh, and really tough in the pocket, but there are times where his internal clock uh, needs to be a little bit better. There are times where he's taken some unnecessary hits on his body when he's, you know, using his legs to extend plays or, you know, rush for positive yards. So uh, he's not the biggest guy. I mean, he talking to scouts uh, who went through Oxford in the spring, they said he was under 200 pounds. He was 198 pounds when they, uh, when they saw him in the spring. Now he's probably close to probably around 205, maybe close to 210, but he's just never going to be a big guy. That's not, that's not his physique. That's not his body type. And so, uh, doing what he can to, to take care of his body, just not taking those hard hits. That that's something that'll help prolong, uh, you know, just his longevity playing the sport. Yeah, as far as the NFL is concerned, I've always been curious about that, especially in the modern NFL, because in the old days, size, especially height, used to matter. Matt's not a tall guy; mm-hmm. he's six one on his best day. For him, how much does size matter? How much does it matter now in the modern NFL? Yeah, I, I think height wise, you know, we're we've looked at, you know, we've seen Kyler Murray go number one overall. We've seen Baker Mayfield go number one overall. Russell Wilson's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You know, we've seen plenty of quarterbacks, uh, you know, overcome the height questions and be productive at the next level. The, the size, you know, the body type, that's something where, you know, there's still, uh, you know, scouts will have some question marks and it comes down to really comes down to durability. If you don't have a lot of body armor on your, your frame, there will be questions about, okay, will you be able to hold up at the next level, taking some of those hits? And so that's where Matt can do a better job, just you know, not taking some of those hard hits, avoiding the hard hits, slide. And that's what makes Russell Wilson uh, so good. Is he doesn't take a lot of hard hits. He, he does use his legs as a big part of his game, but you see him slide. You see him get out of bounds, throw the ball away. You rarely see Russell Wilson take those big hits. And that's where you know, Matt Corral can really do a better job of, uh, you know, just prolong, you know, helping his body. And, you know, it's, it, there's no question about his toughness. Uh, there's no questions about that, but just in terms of, you know, learning to play another play, uh, that's where you can get a little bit better. Well, right now you said you have him about quarterback three. What do you need to see from him between now and I don't know, three to five months, what are you going to be watching for in order for him to be a top couple round projection or predicted value for you? as far as your draft kit and your draft list? Well, look, quarterback one is wide open, like I said. So I nothing would really surprise me, uh, you know, I, with who ends up at top quarterback. And with Matt, uh, he just needs to keep doing what he's doing. And because I think a lot of the questions revolve around the offense itself and, you know, just how he's going to perform outside of that Lane Kiffin offense when he's going to have to make more reads post-snap from the pocket and, uh, you know, everything won't be as defined for him. You know, what does he do when it, the offense that he plays with the next level doesn't have as much rhythm, uh, which he's used to uh, at, at the college level. So those are the main questions uh, that the size, some of the forced throws, some of the internal clock issues. But aside from that, you get really optimistic when you look at the totality of, uh, of Matt's game. And that's where I think he's right there in the mix for the top quarterback. Because when you look at these NFL teams, they look at these quarterbacks and say, okay, look, the, the, the way the NFL is going, it's about scoring points. It's about, okay, who can help us put up 30, 35 points, 40 points a game. Is Sam Howell that guy? Or is he a taker? Is Spencer Rattler, can he, do we trust him to be that guy? Uh, and I think a lot of teams will look at Matt Corral and say, look, this guy can help us do that. I mean, yeah, there are some question marks, but there's a lot in his favor that say, listen, he's going to help us be a productive offense. So I, I really think that w- with Corral, teams are going to be optimistic about what he can be at the next level, and that's going to help boost him up uh, maybe over some of these other guys. And it's, I don't think there'll be a consensus, like I said, because of this quarterback uh, class is just so different. You've got guys after that, like Malik Willis out of Liberty. Uh, Phil Jerkovic from Boston College is a good player. There's a lot of different co- types of quarterbacks in this class. And, you know, I, I, it's Carson, Carson Strong from Nevada, another one. But with Matt Corral, he offers something that I think a lot of teams are going to be intrigued with. So uh, if we fast forward, you know, six, seven months from now, it would not shock me at all if he is the top quarterback on a lot of boards around the league. 
And finally, a number of other guys really showed out in that opener. Chance Campbell, the linebacker, transfer from Maryland. Dontario Drummond's another one, wide receiver, stepping in and really taking over that dominant number one role from Elijah Moore. Quentin Bivens surprised and really had a dominant effort as a defensive lineman. Anybody stick out to you in that respect, specifically Dontario Drummond? Yeah, I'm intrigued with Drummond because, you know, he's one of those super seniors who decided to come back for, you know, another crack. Uh, because if he if he's in the draft last year, he's not getting drafted. Uh, but you look at it this year, they have to replace, I think it's like it's over 130 targets that went to Elijah Moore and uh, Kenny Yaboa. So there's there's a you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed on that offense, but there need, there's gonna be a lot of targets this year. And Drummond's gonna could be one of the beneficiaries of uh you know replacing an Elijah Moore and and helping out that offense. That that one catch that he had along the sideline was tremendous. Uh you see the hands that he has. Uh, he was targeted nine times in the opener. He had nine catches. So, you know, if there's obviously some trust between quarterback and wide receiver that you'd like to see. Uh, Chance Campbell was a guy that wasn't too high on my radar, but he is now with how he performed. I mean, he, he was really good against the run. Uh, he stayed ahead of plays, ahead of blocks, had a good sense for what Louisville wanted to do. Strong run defender. So he is a guy that, you know, will be on the radar moving forward the rest of the season to see if he can, you know, prove to be a draftable player. He's Dane Brugler at DP Brugler on Twitter. The very best follow for NFL draft analysis, NFL draft analysts for The Athletic. My friend, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate you. We'll talk again. Anytime. Thanks, Ben. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.